The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, it is Friday, July seventh, twenty twenty-three, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. It's a short week for a lot of us, especially if you're in the United States. But we are on the eve of UFC two ninety, the capper of the UFC's International Fight Week extravaganza. Please bear with me today. Woke up. Allergies just kicking the holy hell out of me. My throat's a mess. All stuffed up. It's just not a great day for your boy. So uh, bear with me if my voice starts to sound weird or I have to cough or sniff or something. Allergies... 10 aiding me today. So just keep that in mind. This is a free for all Friday. So we could talk about UFC 290. We could talk about the big stories in MMA. We could talk about other shit too. We can talk about whatever you want. So it is your show. We'll have the weigh ins going live on the YouTube channel at noon Eastern. So stay tuned for that. We'll have a preview show for UFC 290 at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be live for that as well. Jose is in Las Vegas, boots on the ground, so we'll have highlights from the ceremonial weigh-ins, all that fun stuff, and tomorrow, it's fight day, so I'll be off to New York in the morning, watch party with my man GC, 9.45 p.m. Eastern time, well, the People's Pre-Fight Show before that, I think right around 5.15-ish in that neighborhood, but 
we'll obviously let you know. So let's get into it. Free for all Friday. Zach, first and last. Mike, you hear me? Right, up. What's up, buddy? What's up? So yep. there'll be plenty of 290 going on, so I'll let everybody talk about that. But since it is free for all Friday, I thought I'll throw two questions. One kind of a fun one, serious. The other one, a little more of a uh, curious question. So the first one is um, – I'm always curious with some of these Bellator champions, even some of the PFL people, one, um, whether they decide to not pursue UFC chances, let's say, like, once they get up to a higher level or if there's contract stuff or it's strictly just they're making more money, so they'd rather make more money in the UFCs, something they don't want. There's just, you know, some few names I've seen out there that obviously throw – be a good mix in some of these UFC divisions. So I was curious whether, you know, who even you think might be, like, the next one similar to, like, a Chandler to make that move over that'd be, like, a big name where we all be interested in. Um, from those promotions. And then the second one uh, I had today was, uh, so let's say something weird happens in the Volk fight either. Let's say he loses that year and they need to do a rematch or Volk wants to, let's say, get Islam and that somehow happens and Ely gets put on the table. Um, it was interesting to hear Volk talk about Aljo as an option in the future. Let's say Aljo, you know, he said it's pretty clear. It seems to be his last fight at 35. He beats O'Malley pretty cleanly. If he was to go up and they said, you know what, we'll give you Ilya and the winner can get Volk, uh, how do you think that fight goes? And also a fun little wrinkle with Marab being obviously a very close friend of uh, Aljo and seems to be pretty close with Ilya as well. So I wonder uh, who you think Marab would take on that side as well, uh, who he'd be rooting for. If he might have to stay in the middle for that one. But uh, thanks, Mike, and uh, happy Friday. So he would be with Aljo for sure. Uh, I know he and Ilya, or they have a, a little bit of a relationship, but nothing like him and Aljo. Um, him and Ilya obviously have the, the Georgian tie. So they're getting to know each other. Uh, they're close. They say nice things about one another. But I would say Rob would be firmly in the I hope Aljo wins camp. He might just like stay out of the corners altogether. That could be a possibility. But... Yeah, I, honestly, I feel like when Aljo goes to 45, they ain't just going to give him a title shot. I just don't think that's going to happen. There's a, a contentious relationship between Aljo and the UFC, and I feel like they're not going to do him any favors at all. So they could throw him in there with Ilya, maybe like an interim title fight. They could chuck him into a fight with like Mavzar Vloyev or somebody like that. Like I really don't think they're going to do him any favors. So... It'd be an interesting one. I'd probably pick Taporia, but I could be definitely wrong because Aljo just keeps proving people wrong. So it's something I would have to look into a little bit more. Uh, as far as the Bellator PFL thing, I don't know. It's a good question. Like AJ McKee would have been, if you asked me this like a year ago, AJ McKee probably would have been my, my answer because I know his contract was coming up. Um, but obviously he re-signed. And I think a lot of the stars in Bellator are just kind of happy being there right now. I mean, they don't have any, like, ma Patricio Pitbull, maybe? Maybe he could be a guy that explores it. I mean, when I interviewed him, he was kind of coy about it, but seemed like he doesn't have a ton left on his deal. I asked him how many fights he had left, and he didn't want to answer that question. Because when I asked him what, what it would mean to him to win the third title... He said, either Bellator pays me a bunch of money, I go for the fourth title, or I go and fight for another promotions title. So 
my guess would probably be Patricio, but from a lot of, I mean, a lot of the Bellator fighters that I talked to that have gotten over that are successful are very happy there. Like they are very happy there. So, and I think Chandler was just there forever. I think Chandler would have been okay, like ending his career there. But I just think he was just there. He was the face of the promotion for like a decade. And I just think it was time for him to explore new challenges. And it's worked out pretty damn well for him. But I don't know if there's another guy. Maybe Usman Nurmagomedov, but I don't think they're going to let that guy go anytime soon. Maybe if like Islam Makachev retires or something, maybe they'll take a shot at him. But if I had to guess, it's Patricia Pitbull. I don't think the UFC is going to be really interested in, in really anybody from the PFL. Maybe Kayla, but they're already talking about shutting that division down. So, yeah, I don't think there's really anybody there that's going to pique their interest or at least pay what Bellator or PFL are paying these fighters. So, we'll see what happens. Let's go to Ani. What's up, Ani? I Hello. hope you, your allergy gets better. Um, Me too. So, <laughs> yes. So, hmm, so before I go into my free for all Friday question, like I want you to introduce, uh, I, I want to introduce you to my hunches and dreams. The last time I had a dream that came true was when Tony Ferguson fought Nate Diaz and uh, UFC 279. I mean, in my dream, I had Kamsa Chimav getting injured, but, you know, the outcome was the same. And now I have another dream, Mike. Do you want to know what it is? So Yeah, absolutely. You see the cut that Alexander Volkanovsky has on his cheek? It is dangerously close to the orbital bone. And I feel like Yair Rodriguez is... Uh, in my dream, I had this dream that Yair Rodriguez was just, uh, you know... Volk was winning, but Yai Rodriguez was just did enough damage so that, you know, his orbital bone got fractured, as in Volkanovsky's orbital bone got fractured, and then his eyes were shut. So it was a doctor stoppage. It's quite realistic, isn't it? It might happen. Um, that's my dream. I have a funny feeling about that. And uh, I'm thankful that none of the you know, funny media members, I mean, not the legitimate ones like MMA fighting and whatnot, didn't ask Dana White about Power Slap. I'm really glad that no one brought that up. He was wearing a Power Slap t-shirt for crying out loud. How stupid it looked when you had the two best featherweights of all time and in between you had Dana White with his stupid Power Slap t-shirt. Anyway, coming back to my um, question. So, Mike, I just want to know uh, as in, you know, about your aha moment. So when I say an aha moment, it's like a moment of satisfaction, a moment of happiness that you get after you've achieved something that's meaningful to you. It can be personal or professional. It's like, so from, let me share what mine is, if, if, if you don't mind. Um, so I am a research student, as I've mentioned before. And in the UK, I mean, I'm an assistant student in Cardiff University, Cardiff, Wales. Uh, in the UK, for international students, the fee is extremely high. It's like $30,000 per year. Um, for a research student, you're usually funded. But for me, since I'm an international student, I'm from India, 
they didn't fund my research entirely. So they just give about like $5,000 and I have to cover the rest out of my own pocket. Thankfully, I've been able to manage. And um, at 25 years old um, this year, I have become, you know, I've been managing independently. I haven't taken a single dollar, a single rupee or single pound from my parents. And I've, I've been independent and I'm pretty happy about that going strong. Hopefully I can maintain this touch wood. So yes, this is a little bit about myself. Um, so what is an aha moment for you, Mike? I really love to know that. Thank you. Uh, congrats, man. Good job. Um, it's a good question. I'd probably say when I got the job with MMA fighting, that was probably the, the aha moment because I had relocated with plans to have my family join me in, uh, on the other side of Massachusetts. Did it for six months. Absolutely hated it. And we kind of determined there's just like no way it was going to work. So, but I knew if I came back to the Berkshires that I couldn't go back to doing radio. I couldn't go back to the stuff that was stressing me out. So it was do or die with the MMA thing. I said, I'm going to ask around. I'm going to try to freelance. I'm just going to give it a year. Give me a year. I'll pick up odd jobs here and there. I'll DJ weddings. I'll do whatever I need to do to like kind of supplement as much as I can. But I have to give this a shot. If I don't do it now, it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. And I think, I, I think 10, 15, 20 years from now, I will regret never taking that shot. And luckily my wife is the best and she gave me the go ahead. And I remember coming home that summer and just, doing interview after interview after interview, um, hosting multiple shows and just doing the MMA stuff all day, every day. And then probably like five or six websites that picked me up. And in the meantime, I was DJing weddings. I was doing trivia shows from time to time, karaoke shows from time to time. Um, I even did some PA work for our local like college baseball summer league team. So that was actually a lot of fun, but I just kind of worked the entire summer um, and it was pretty wild. And then six, seven months later I was with MMA fighting. And before I got to MMA fighting, I actually got a pretty cool offer um, from somebody just had me do interviews exclusively for their website and they're going to pay me some pretty damn good money to do it. So even if the MMA fighting thing didn't work out, I think I was good to go uh, about six, seven months into it. So I think just being in that position where it was kind of like a tug, like one side pulling, the other pulling, and it landing where it probably should have, yeah, I think that was probably my uh, moment. And I think deep down, like my wife believed in me, but I think she was a little – I think she was like cautiously optimistic that it was going to happen. But then when it happened, it was just a big sigh of relief. And I think we both kind of just said, aha, at the same time. So I will go with that. But good shit, Ani. Pre appreciate you. Mikey, hello. 
goddamn fumes. I'm about to head out to UFC X shortly. You know how that goes. But I just wanted to get these talks off, uh, takes off right quick. First of all, um, I love that Val Woodburn dressed up basically like a cross between like a Zubaz pro wrestler from the 80s and new edition. It made him stand out, honestly, because I, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but he was swarmed by a lot of people at the Fighter Hotel in New York, New York, man. He seems like a really good dude. And he's a lot bigger than I thought. So that will be interesting because seeing him size up Bo, it's going to be interesting. Still taking Bo, but I, I, that kid looks like he's got some. Also, it was hilarious. I met Phil Rowe. He was wearing a Penny Hardaway throwback jersey, and a fan walked up to me and wondered if he was a basketball player. Kind of weird, but it's kind of funny. Anyway, so um, let me just uh, taper off for a bit. Did you see Forbidden Door and Money in the Bank? And give me your thoughts on some of the booking choices there, like LA Knight not winning. Uh, and of course, if you had to pick between the two, which Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay fight was better? Uh, the one from Wrestle Kingdom or the one for Forbidden Door? And uh, who do you think will be their mystery partners for either side at Blood and Guts in a couple of weeks? So, yeah. Sorry, guys. No one may talk today. We're going to do plenty of that later. Once again, if you guys are here in Vegas for UFCX, come say hi to your boy. Thanks, Mikey. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Uh, I did watch both. Um... Hang on a second. Dealing with other shit too. Um, okay. Forbidden Door, I thought was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's hard to say which Omega Osprey match I liked better because they're both just so different. I would say probably the first one. Second was really good just because it's a completely different match. Um, I think I liked Money in the Bank better. And I think the crowd had a lot to do with it. Uh, they were just into it. They were having a great time. Um, outside of some of the booking decisions. The thing about the LA Knight thing, he should have gone over, but at the same token, he came out still looking like a, like a badass and came out still looking pretty strong. So I think his time is going to come, and hopefully the powers that be like listen to the audience and they kind of give him the Daniel Bryan treatment. I mean, he is so friggin' over right now. It's unbelievable. So they have to run with him. They just have to. Give him a chance and just let him do his thing. The dude is a potential star. So go with that. As far as the mystery part of stuff goes, I have no idea. Uh, I never know. It's almost impossible to predict AEW booking outside of like what Chris Jericho is going to do. Because when you see a young, talented wrestler get over, you're like, well, I know what's about to happen. Chris Jericho is going to leech his ass onto that guy and then just ruin all the momentum, which he's done with pretty much everybody he's worked with. Look at Ricky Starks. What the hell happened to him? He is just, he's nothing right now. Because he had that stupid feud with Jericho. I do like what they're doing with Jericho now. Like, is he going to go with Don Callis? Is he not going to go with Don Callis? So I kind of like what they're doing there. Um, but I liked both shows a lot. I like both shows a lot. But I think I enjoy Money in the Bank more. Uh, let's go to Clay, and then we'll go to Cole. Clay, what's up? Hey, Mike. Uh, How you doing, man? Happy Friday. 
Uh, two things. Uh, first, I want to give you props for the BTL yesterday. I mean, that was some great content between BC <laughs> and uh, Jed Mishu. I mean, uh, those two are unmatched. Uh, that was one of the greatest all, all time. Uh, second thing, uh, I want to ask your opinion of if Moreno loses to Pantoja, he will be 0-3 in the UFC. And this is like unlike Izzy, where two of his Izzy's laws are outside of the UFC. Do you think they will run it back? At some point. Thank you. I would... Eh, maybe? I think it kind of depends on how the fight goes. Like, if Pantoja just... If Pantoja does what he's been doing, like, he submitted Moreno in quick fashion the first time they fought, it was a pretty easy fight for him. And then he just blew the doors off him over 15 minutes the second time around, got a couple of 30-26s. If it's anything like that... It's going to be a tough sell, but if, you know, if we have a crazy finish or it's like a splitty, like a close splitty that has some controversy, they might just go right back to it. Maybe they try to get it on that September card. If they can swing it, um, to have two title fights, that'd be pretty badass. So... Yeah, I think it... it, it Honestly, ask me on Tuesday, and I think I'll have a better answer. But if Pantosha just runs him over, again, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough sell. It's gonna be a tough sell. Maybe just do Brandon Moreno versus Henry Cejudo, little rivalry matchup. Do that because I'm kind of sick of hearing that story. Just let them fight each other. So I think Moreno has options. If he wins, he'll probably fight Brandon Royval. If he loses, he can go fight Henry Cejudo. Go up to 135, fight Cejudo. So, Moreno's in a pretty good spot. But, yeah, I think it kind of depends on how this fight goes on Saturday. How close it is, how competitive it is. Cole, what's up? Morning, Mike. Morning, sir. Um, I just can't help myself, but I'm stuck here on this beautiful Friday morning thinking about who's more out of pocket, Sean Strickland on Joe Rogan or BC yesterday on BTL. I mean... In what world just does Justine Kish have to do with comparing the legacies of Jose Aldo and Alex Volkanovsky? Come on. But uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on Robbie Lawler with uh, him going through the whole induction ceremony last night with the speech while cutting weight, making weight this morning probably. Um, like, has anybody ever done that before, done a Hall of Fame speech and then made weight? And I think – Actually, if he comes out of this fight against Nico with a dub, he has one of the best cases for, like, one of the best retirements maybe without a belt ever, having to do with a belt ever. Like, if he wins, that'd be pretty sweet. So, just want your thoughts on that. That's all I got. Yeah, it was it was very cool. Yes, BTL was awesome yesterday. And, yes, BC has a, a way with words. That is for sure. But if you haven't listened or, or watched BTL, it is an all-timer between Jen and BC and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Robbie, if there's anybody who's going to do that and just find a way to make it work, it's Robbie Lawler. There's just no doubt about it. Robbie is that just that guy. He's like, eh, I'll cut weight. No big deal. I'll just go. And Robbie's not a big talker. So it's not like he's going to go up there and talk for 20 minutes. He's just going to speak from the heart, get in, get out and then go cut weight. And he did it with a smile on his face. So, Robbie just seems like he's enjoying this final fight week. I think he's not taking it for granted at all. This isn't 
the typical Robbie Lawler we see heading into a fight. We see him being sort of nostalgic. We see him just having a good time. It's not really standoffish at all. Doesn't seem annoyed by going through the media stuff because that's not really his thing. He's not a big media guy. It's kind of a, a closed book in a lot of respects and just seems like he's he's truly enjoying the moment right now. So would it be one of the best retirements? I mean, if he goes out and like, knocks out Nico Price, it'd be pretty damn cool. That would be a pretty damn cool ending to the career. I actually thought Luke Rockhold had a really good retirement, like a non-title retirement. But, of course, that lasted all of 12 hours. So, But I, I actually I feel like Robbie's done. I feel like this will be it. So, We will see how it goes. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, let's go to Mike, and then we'll go to Matt, and then we'll go to Panda. And then Panda probably won't get through, and then we'll have to try again. Mike, hello. Hey, Mike. What's going on uh, here for Free For All Friday? Looking at this, I'm reminiscing. I, I was crying. I was crying harder than Jose Aldo yesterday through these Hall of Fame speeches, man. Just going through all these moments. Um, out of these Hall of Fame guys, are there any, like, what? what is the most iconic moment for any of these guys? Like, when I look at Robbie, I think that second UFC run, Robbie, from coming back with Josh Koscheck all the way through the title fights. I know it's a, a out of left field, but that to me was the greatest fighter of all time. Like you go through that second run in the UFC 
and just changing the lives of those guys. Like, I just can't. I go back on Fight Pass and just watch that second run. So, out of these fighters, like, what are your favorite moments out of the inductee class this year? Uh, I mean, Cowboys get a bunch from the WEC days and, and even in some respects, the UFC days. Jose Aldo, one of the 10 best fighters of all time. His fight with uh, with Chad Mendez, absolutely incredible. And then just he had a, a pretty interesting final run as well. Going down to Bantamweight, kind of getting it, getting it together. He had the tough fight with Marais. Then he had the the bad loss to Piotr Jan and a fight he actually looked pretty good in until the later rounds when Jan had him figured out and Aldo started to slow down. Um, but to me, it's it's I've talked about this a million times. It's it's Lawler Condit that is my one of my favorite fights of all time. It is probably the most underrated fight of all time because it should be one of the top three fights in the history of the sport. And it doesn't get that love that the Roy McDonald fight gets. I think it's a way better fight than the Roy McDonald fight. I like the Roy McDonald fight. But I think you put that... If you do Lawler Condit and Lawler McDonald in the same building at the same time, and they fight like a year apart, I think Condit would. I think the Condit fight would have gotten into, into the Hall of Fame before the Roy fight. I just think everything just clicked at the right time that crowd being on a mcgregor card all that the face the the moment there it's just yeah but jose aldo chad mendez ufc 179 incredible fight absolutely incredible the cub swans jose aldo knocking out uh cub swanson was just nasty Holy smokes. Just nasty. We're all waiting for this fight to start. We can't wait for it. Jose Aldo, Cub Swanson are in the WEC blue cage getting ready to just get after it. Big fight. Jose Aldo, Cub Swanson all tatted up, ready to go. And then what happens? Eight seconds later, it's over. Flying knee, punches as soon as the fight really started. And that was it. So, yeah, those are those are a couple. Cowboy, there's a bunch. I mean, it's just epic fights for him. A lot, most of which are in the WEC. I mean, it's, it's just nice to see some of these WEC guys get the rub and get over and and get enshrined into the Hall of Fame. Although it's just. I mean, although it's just uh, an emotional wreck, and I loved every second of it. Panda, hello. I'm just waiting for nothing to happen. And that is exactly what happened. Stunning revelation. Let's go to CV. What's up, CV? CV. Okay. Uh, no, just Noah. Do we have you?
hope this is not on my end. That didn't work either. Panda! Yeah, what would a heck of a morning be without one, at least one panda misconnection? Mike, how are we? Good, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, I'll be short and sweet, but I could be a little long-winded. So if you're going to cut me off, you you got the rain. It's your show. Get after it. Um, No bets bar. They do this thing where they they bet on the futures of who's going to be the champion in uh, each division. And I want to ask you a question specifically on three of them. Who's going to be the championship of the lightweight division by the end of the year? Who's going to be the championship of the flyweight division by the end of the year? And who's going to be the championship of the welterweight division by the end of the year? Secondly, I know this is very far away. I am very interested to see if Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie stands. I don't see what that fight does for anyone except for maybe the Korean Zombie being happy because he gets to fight Max Holloway, but somebody should probably talk to him. And, you know, that's not as cool as it is when you get in the octagon and you have to actually fight Max Holloway. You know what I mean? But all right, Mike, have a heck of a morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. Um, look, I might be on an island here. Look, do I do I think Max Holloway, Korean Zombie, is going to be uber competitive? No. Do I have a problem with the fight? No, because both guys want to do it. They haven't fought each other. Zombie's retiring. This is the guy he wanted. Holloway wants it too. Like, Holloway could be sitting there screaming for a title shot right now, even though nobody wants to see it. But what did he do? He just said, I'll fight you, Zombie. And Zombie was like, okay, I want that fight too. It's a dream, kind of a dream fight for both guys. So who are we to tell them not to have the fight that they both want? Now, are we concerned? Now, do we look at this from a place of concern? Yeah, I think so. Volk put the boots to Zombie. That was an incredible performance. I think Volk was just kind of on one that night. And guess what? Volk did the same thing to Max Holloway. We weren't like, oh, no, don't put Max Holloway in there with someone who can strike. It's the same thing. So, look, I get it. I get it. We, we're all concerned. We don't want to see Zombie just get absolutely blown up in there. But Max isn't a big knockout guy. Max will just kind of, you know, he'll beat you up with volume. And maybe Zombie, I think Zombie's just going to go in there and just let it all go. And if he loses, he loses. I don't think he's going to get like badly hurt in the fight. So I do think that fight's going to happen. Um, what do we say? Lightweight, flyweight, welterweight. So AK and I do the on to the next one predictions extravaganza. where We talk exactly about this. Um, I went Islam Makachev at lightweight. I went Brandon Moreno at flyweight. Welterweight, I went with, I think it was Hamza Chemaev, but obviously that's not happening. So, I kind of feel like if Leon and Colby fight, Colby's going to win, but I'm not really sure. But then there's a part of me that's like, maybe they're just not going to fight this year. So, I'll say Leon Edwards only because... Until I see those two guys booked and on a poster and we're promoting a fight, then I don't believe the fight's happening. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Let's go to Daniel. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Friday. Happy Friday to you. Um, Just going to make it quick here. 
what do you think would be a bigger fight? You know, Volk and um, Yair fighting this weekend. So in terms of a next fight, do you think Volk versus Aljo, like a super fight in Vegas for the 145-pound belt? Or do you think Yair versus Doporia in Spain for the 145-pound belt? Which one do you think would be a bigger fight? Thanks, Mike. Mm, it's Doporia. If they did Taporia in Spain, that's the bigger fight. And I think that's the fight everybody wants to see anyways. I think Volk is kind of looking at it as, as if, hey, if I'm staying at featherweight, it's Taporia then Aljo. So I, I think Tapor, like Taporia is such a crazy fight. I, I, I want to see it. And it seems like Volk's into it too, which I love. Love the fact that he's into it. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think Tapori is the more compelling matchup right now. I just think the tight, like the champion versus champion thing and moving up divisions and all that, like it's not as it's not as unicorny as it once was. Now it's just something that happens all the time. You know what I mean? And I just don't think the UFC is just gonna give that to Aljo. I think they're gonna make Aljo fight somebody else. Before that happens. But we shall see how it plays out. But it's Taporia easy. Let's try CV again. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, gotcha. man, heck of a morning. Uh, since, it's, since it's free for all Friday, um, just a fun question that I thought of just now. Um, if you're in charge of the UFCs, um, let's say you're the head of... Uh, marketing and apparel um like how would you improve their like merch in general because i think for like for such a big brand as the ufc i think their merch is like absolutely terrible like um like i love the fighters i love the fights but like you you wouldn't catch me walking in the street wearing like ufc gear like i'm sorry if like i like if you're a fan of the gear and i see you on the street I i'm judging you honestly like yeah their merch is just terrible and like, if it was up to me, I'd probably be, like, um, like if I had, like, an unlimited budget, like, of course, the UFC has an unlimited budget, right? Like, I'd probably, like, you know, try to go back with, like, Nike. Because I remember back then, like, Silva and John Jones, they had, like, their own, like, you know, Nike sponsorship. But, like, obviously, that's a separate story, right? But, like, yeah, just your thoughts on that. I'm with you. I think the merch sucked at LEX. Like, who wants to buy the Venom fight kits? Like, who really wants to buy those? And if you do, you really want to shell out that kind of fucking money for that shit? It's bad. Like, it's real bad. Like, I, I just don't know if anybody's going to UFC events. And I, and I went to a bunch as a fan, too. And never in my life was I like, oh, the first thing I'm going to do when I go in there is I'm going to buy a UFC t-shirt. No. Because the merch is awful. Now, here's another way the fighters could, like, come together. Why don't we do what WWE does? And the fighters, if the idea is right and if they've gotten to a certain position, let's let the fighters, like, come up with their own designs. Let's get something that goes over. And maybe the fighters can get a piece of that pie. Maybe there's an Austin 316 out there for, for the UFC world. And that shirt can sell all over the place and we'll see it everywhere but no one's going to buy a ufc t-shirt 
It's like going to a concert in the band's T-shirt. Like, no. That's like James Hetfield wearing a Metallica shirt while screaming at the top of his lungs. No. The merch is bad. I'm, I'm completely with you. I would like to see them be a little more fun with it. It's like, look, you can't, you can't do merch for Evan Elder. You can't. You can't do merch for, you know, Luana Carolina. It doesn't work. But you can do merch for Brandon Moreno. You can do merch for Alexa Grasso. You can do merch for Israel Adesanya and John Jones and Ilya Taporia and Volk and some of these other people. Like, you can do that. You can do that, and we can have some fun with it. And guess what? The UFC can get a piece of the pie. And guess what? The fighter who is on said T-shirt or whatever gear it is can get their own piece of the pie. WWE kills it with this. And hopefully, with this new merger, maybe WWE can help the UFC in that regard. Help them push merch. WWE merch still goes like crazy. It still goes like crazy. Because they are unique and fun. You think any fucking person is going to spend $40 on a Zuck versus Musk t-shirt? Get off of me. If, my, if I had gifted that for Christmas, I'd polish furniture with it. I wouldn't even wear it. $40 for that? And it's like the most basic design. Like there's nothing to it. They could be better with this. And the, and fighters could, could reap the benefits. Or maybe somebody can come along and do like a pro wrestling tease, but with MMA. That'd be cool. I know fighters are doing stuff on their own, but that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do unless you have the right people around you. But yeah, I would like to see them step up the merch game. All right, do we have uh, No Just Noah? You're muted right now. No, just Noah. Once, twice, three times a lady. Let's go to Latino Head. Latino Heat, excuse me. Latino Heat. Good morning, first thing and foremost. And, um,. Out of the Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz fight, everyone is assuming Nate Diaz doesn't have lungs and saying he can't, he won't be able to go along because he's he's a smoker. But do you think he's gonna get stopped because he he gasses out, or because Jake Paul physically stops him by a knockout? Well, I, I don't think Nate's going to gas out. He doesn't gas out really at all. He just gets better as the fight goes on. And that's kind of why Nate wanted more rounds. Nate, Nate kind of has a, a very interesting read on it, and it's kind of the read that a lot of other people had on it. There's a real world where Jake just beats that ass because he's so much bigger and he's got the more experience in the boxing ring and all of that. And he's younger and more athletic and all of those things. But Nate can take a beating. And Nate can take a beating so well that when you put that beating on him and you think you're going to finish him and then you don't, that's when he's the most dangerous. And if you need 
a point of reference, ask Conor McGregor about that because Conor put the wood to him in both of those fights and could not get Nate out of there. He could not. He knocked in the second fight, he knocked Nate down a bunch and Nate just kept coming. I was cage side for UFC 244 at MSG covering that event. Jorge Mazadal beat the shit out of Nate Diaz for as long as that fight went. It was probably the best ever performance from Jorge Mazadal. He was on, he was landing everything. He battered Nate Diaz, but the man never went away. And there were at least one moment in that fight where it looked like the referee was going to come in and stop it. And Nate just kept going. And do I think that fight would have got like, if the doctor didn't stop it, do I think that fight would have changed? Do I think Nate would have taken momentum? No, I just think Ma- that was Mazadal's night. But that question is there. And I feel like that's how this fight's going to be. I don't know what to think about it. I think the 10 rounds makes it interesting. I think adding the extra rounds is going to make it a little more compelling. And we'll see what happens if Jake starts to tire. And I kind of felt like he was slowing down a little bit in the Anderson Silva fight. And then in the last round, he knocked Anderson down and won the fight. So I don't know. I'm actually going to be there. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I'm not concerned about Nate gassing. Dude trains to be a triathlete. He might not be the most athletic dude in the world, but that dude just doesn't stop ever. And that's what makes him so dangerous. I know he's getting up there in age, but he's Nate freaking Diaz. VB MMA, hello. Hi, everybody. Heck of a morning. What's up? Um, so I wanted to ask you about this um, Robert Whitaker versus um, Dracos fight, you know, like where this goes um, if Robert wins and Dracos, um, because they have syndicate in two months and then that card basically has like one or two fights in right now it's only two months away so uh, what you think if like Whitaker gets it done then probably Strickland is gonna fight for a title or what is gonna happen because if you look at the odds like Whitaker is heavily favored to win this fight you know and even if Drickle wins it's probably gonna be a hard fight you know and uh, he probably can't turn around in two months and fight again so, is Sean Strickland getting a title shot or what's going, what's going on at 185? It's a mess. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I think Sean's in a great position right now. As of right now, I think Sean Strickland is in the driver's seat. But again, it's hard to answer that question because we don't know what this fight's going to look like. Now, if Robert Whitaker goes out there and just runs over DDP and gets him out of there in the first round, I think Whitaker will be like, F it, let's go. If I'm going to fight Izzy ever again, this might be my only chance to do it. But if those two get in there and just have a war, it's going to be tough. And if DDP wins this fight, it all just depends on how he wins. If, if either guy gets a quick finish, it come, I think if DDP wins, he's going to do everything in his power to get the, to, to, to get the shot. And I don't know if the UFC would, like, push Izzy back in order to make that fight happen. But, yeah, the, the whole – all of this matchmaking was just so dumb. Like, none of it made sense. 
Why is this fight happening? Why is Robert Whitaker and Dirkus Duplessis fighting? Why is DDP fighting Robert Whitaker? Why is this happening? It makes no sense. Why is Ikram Alaskara fighting Paul Costa? Intrigued as shit about that fight. But why is it happening? Why is that fight happening? Why did Sean Strickland fight Abus Magomedov? I think we have a better answer as to why, because we saw that fight played out. And I think Sean was just kind of the backup plan here. Well, we'll do Whitaker DDP, and if Sean, we'll give Sean an unranked dude to probably style over. And that's exactly what he did. Then we have a guy. We have a built-up storyline. International Fight Week last year, those two were at a press conference last year, just firing jabs at each other, firing shots. Sean Strickland was hurling shit at Izzy that he had never heard before at a UFC press conference. So they got enough there to, to do it. So Strickland's in the driver's seat. And maybe we'll, we'll have an answer as to whether he remains there on Saturday, depending on how this fight plays out. Vinny, hello. Vinny. No, Vinny. Uh, let's go to Brent. Brent, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, so Jorge Masvidal has got one of his uh, bare knuckle MMA shows coming up, and this is just a quick call about how I think that MMA is potentially the most interesting bare knuckle combat sport by far. Um, it plays really well into like the Muay Thai, the grappling, etc. And I see like a distant future where like major league MMA is primarily bare knuckle. Uh, do you think that that is likely or unlikely? I mean, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not really. See, see, here's what I dig about all of this. And at least they're like, they're trying something different. They're trying something unique and out of the box. While Bellator is a tremendous roster, and yes, they do the Grand Prix, they don't do anything really different. PFL does the season and the tournament and all that. That's different. What Mazadal is doing is different. The boxing stuff, doing the MMA guys, getting them involved, MMA versus MMA, and boxing. Like I, I like that idea. And I like the bare-knuckle MMA idea. They're doing it in the same arena as the UFC just was on ABC. Now, I don't know if they needed to really book that building. I covered some of Mazadal's MMA events in Savannah, Georgia, because it's right over the line. It's like a 20-minute drive for me. Small venues, 1,000 people. I feel like it's a, it's a big undertaking to book a 14,000-seat arena for something that is unproven. Now, I understand there's name value here. We got JDS. We got Fabricio Verdum. We got freaking Henan Barrow. We have a lot of guys you recognize. But we had a lot of people that we recognized for the game-bred boxing card in Milwaukee, and it didn't seem like they did very well. Maybe it was the weekend. Maybe it's because of the Final Four. Maybe the building was just too big. I don't know. But I like the concept. I think there's something there. And the last fight card headlined by Roy Nelson was fun. 
Like it was a fun watch. So I think there's something to this, but it's just a matter of like, can they keep up? Can they keep this up? Can they keep getting these names? Is it going to be a success? Can they sell out the arena? If they put it on pay-per-view, can they get enough buys? Like it's tough. It's tough. And it's kind of taken BKFC a minute to get where, where they're at. Um, and one of the big things BKFC has done, and even Dave Feldman sort of has admitted it with that Mike Perry, Luke Rockle card. Sometimes you take the shot and sometimes it doesn't work. Now you can generate buzz and interest. That's great. But if you can't turn that into dollars, what are we doing here? I can tell you that the traffic on MAFighting.com the night of that card was incredible. And most BKFC cards where there's name value and people know who's actually fighting, the traffic's really good. But traffic for another website can only do so much for you. Sure, you could get new people being like, oh, what's this BKFC thing? Let me click on it. But if they're not spending money to buy your pay-per-view, that's a problem. And Feldman said that they had like 700,000 people illegally streaming it or whatever. I don't know if it was that high, but it was a huge ass number. That's not good. That's not good. So we'll see how this plays out. Obviously I'm rooting for, for the, for the fighters and I'm rooting for Mazadal to, to get this thing going because especially if PFL and Bellator form a partnership you need places for these fighters to go. You're losing a competitor. You're losing a potential chance to negotiate if that deal comes together. So more options for fighters, the better. Hopefully it plays out well. Hopefully everyone gets paid. Hopefully it's a success. And hopefully there's another avenue for these wonderful athletes to go where they are treated well and they make good money and get it on the ground floor. So we'll see how it plays out. All right. I think we're done here. Uh, thank you all very much. We will have the weigh in show noon Eastern on the YouTube channel. Get excited for UFC 290. And then a little while after that ends 3 PM Eastern on the YouTube channel live preview show. MMA Fighting's YouTube channel. Myself, I believe it's me, the Prince of Positivity, my best friend, Alex K. Lee, and my fellow bald brethren, Shaheen Al-Shadi. And it's just, just buckle up, everybody. 290? Look, is 290 the biggest star-powered international fight week card of all time? Hell no. But is this a damn good card? Yeah, it is. And I'm fucking jacked up for it. Like, honestly, I am fired up for this card there's so much to like the main event is incredible the co-main event is incredible i have no idea how jerkis duplicy could beat robert whitaker but he he just might be crazy enough to do it can dan hooker bounce back can jalen turner bounce back can bo nickel continue the run could valence val woodburn could val woodburn emerge as the star of international fight week Will Robbie Lawler's career end with the win? Will Jack Della Maddalena continue his impressive run? Or will the very talented young up-and-comer Josiah Harrell pull off an upset of his own? Can Yasmin Hadegi 
continue her impressive run? Will Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield actually have a winner this time? Will Tatsuro Tyra remain undefeated? So many questions, so many interesting storylines, and I can't wait for tomorrow, everybody. So until later on this afternoon on the preview show, we'll see you later. Enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.